We're doing our best, guys. We're doing our best. Hi, survivors. I'm Oliver. And I'm Bailey. And this, and this is Survivor, Survivor Team Go! the charm. How are you, Bailey? Let's do our uh, our check-in. Um, I'm fine, you know. I'm on my period this week, which is always depressing. Chewy just cried in sympathy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Chewy understands. Has Chewy ever had a period? Probably. Maybe once. Maybe a couple. Probably not. Maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. How are you? Too. How are you this um, week, Oliver? I'm... Well, I wanted to talk compliment you on your new haircut, which oh. is fresh. Thanks. My uh, roommate Oliver cut it for me. Oh, yeah? It's great. Who picked out the look? my Pinterest page. <laughs> so clever. It's really cute. Guys, you don't know. Yeah, it's I'm so trying cute. to do this thing where... Very like, androgynous, very versatile. My undercut, the line of my undercut is lined up with the line of my bangs so that it looks like I have a half mushroom on top of my head. When yep. I wear my hair up in a little bun. But when it's down, it just but looks... But when it's down, it just looks like... like a normal pixie cut or something. Well, it looks like the Mia Wallace bob. Yeah, the kind bob. of, but you know, like less cute because no one can ever be as cute as Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman with oh, that haircut, like I don't know if I would say less cute. You know. Homage. It's like a but. homage to the Uma Thurman bob. Uh, but then surprise, there's an, most of it shaved off underneath. Your haircut is super cute. Oh, thank you. I love it. My roommate cut my hair too. It's. Almost exactly the same, except shorter and no bangs. No bangs. We're just really trying hard to become the same person. <laughs> yeah. It's what we work for. You towards. ever those, see those pictures of like really old gay couples where they look like they just look exactly identical. the same? Yeah, I've always wanted to be that. Yeah, that's gonna be us someday. I hope so. <laughs> I hope we both are bearded. Yeah. Old. Very genderqueer. Genderqueer, androgynous people. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, that's my hope. Um, what's our next section? That was our check-in. Check-in, news check and in. updates. Check-in, done, check, news and updates. Oh my gosh, we do have some very exciting news for everyone. Yeah. Guess who was pardoned? Oh yeah, Centoya Brown was Centoya pardoned. Centoya Brown was pardoned. We helped, I guess. Thanks in large part to this podcast being released. <laughs> The yeah. seminal, the seminal perspective on Centoya Brown. Yeah, it was all us. It was all us. It was because of our grassroots effort uh -huh. of getting the podcast out. Yeah. Two days before the deadline. Yeah. Of her pardon. Yeah. And she wasn't. And all of all yeah. of our massive listeners. She was relying on us. Calling in, she was relying on us, and we came through for her. Yeah. 
Now there's just 500 more Centauri Browns that we all have to free from prison. More than 500. I think 500 is maybe a fair estimate. Check out Survived and Punished to learn about... Yeah, um, check it. Look at... We already listed... Crystal Brown as one example. Some other people who are in that same position of being punished for being survivors. So check out our last episode if you would like to get involved with some more... Crystal Brown's case or any other case No, not Crystal Brown. Oh, God, I forgot her last name. I was just assured that you knew what you were talking about. Yeah, I said it really confidently. You did. Well, I was wrong. What's someone real? Do you know anyone real? I know her first name is Crystal. God, he has to look it up on his phone. I'm so sorry. I know how it's spelled. Amazing podcast. Kaiser. Crystal Kaiser. Crystal Kaiser. Well, if you'd like to look at another Crystal Kaiser case or similar ones, check out Survived and Punished. Dot com. Dot com. And similar websites. Yeah. I was talking to my coworker recently about Centoya Brown and how, and Survived and Punished in general, like that whole thing, but in comparison to, uh, like, you get punished for defending yourself, but then that guy at Stanford who raped that woman when she was blackout drunk. Oh, you don't want that to ruin his life. You don't want that to ruin a young man's life. He only got, like, what, like six months or something? Yeah. He has so much potential. He's such a promising but, you young know, man. you know, if you're fucking being sex trafficked and then you kill some guy that tries to rape you, your life is what's worth saving, right? You don't have any promising future. Anyway, I was explaining this to my 16-year-old coworker the other day. Oh and she was like, that's terrible. My, I'm a TA at an institution, and some of my undergrads asked me if I thought uh, homeless people were lazy. Really? Yeah. Somebody but asked no, you that? It was somebody who was trying to, who thought that my answer was going to be very... Judgmental. No, homeless people are not lazy. Like, they were, it was one of my students trying to, like, provoke me into going on. Was like it a, the one that I think it is? Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it was somebody trying to provoke me into going on a ty- an anti-capitalist tirade, which they did, they got. I delivered that for them. <laughs> What a always ready, maker. Always what ready. A little <laughs> radical fomenting insurrection. To be set off. God, I love this student. Yeah. No, my undergrads are really cute. They're all really great. They're all so much smarter than me and better than me at understanding the visual culture and They're native digital natives. Digital natives, yeah. Yeah. They grew up with the internets. Yep. Most of them well. Maybe not most of them. Some of them were probably born after the year 2000. Yeah, some of them, I think some of them were. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Never been without computers their whole lives. Never been. We've almost in the never 1900s. been without computers. But we got a computer in my house when I was six. My dad had a so computer. So I kind of remember before. That had a screen the size of my phone when I was like six. Anyway. Uh, what other news and updates do we have? Um, there's been a lot I of think. memes about, uh, 21 Savage. 21 Savage is from England, sort of. Uh, ICE is trying to deport people. Yeah, ICE is a big problem. I keep thinking about how the Germans didn't really know what was going on in concentration camps. Oh, yeah. And we don't people really know probably what's dying going on in, in our concentration camps for here. For no reason. And it's really stupid. 
It is El Stupide. I just feel so complicit, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I don't know either. Vote. I mean, we're down in San Diego now, and it's so... It's just so obviously stupid when you're down here on the border, like, the idea of a wall. Or a border, like, or even, There's, kind like, of. three different people in the department, the academic department that I'm in, um who just like live in Tijuana and they drive up from Tijuana every day and it's just the same as driving up from LA. It's and easier. Like, yeah, they're just like, it's. there's just no reason. Less traffic. Like nobody, there's no threat. Like it's all just, I mean, obviously there's no threat, but I think that they're trying really hard to like, I think that the administration is obviously trying really hard to create some kind of like boogeyman. And I think that it is the- The silliest thing. I think that is the responsibility of the people that live on the border, which is us now. We moved from one border town to another, in yeah. a way, because St. Louis... It's a border state. It's a border... Well, St. Louis is also, Historically. like, right on the border between the south and the north. And but it's also the, east it, and it's west. It's the gateway to the west. Yeah. So St. Louis right is... right in the dead center in, in the, the dead center, United States. Both geographically and metaphorically. Yeah. That's yeah. profound. Right? I am profound that way. It's literally the gateway to the West. And then, um, anyway, I just think it's it's our job to be like, listen, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, just like we did in St. Louis, like, or, or I felt like that I was sort of an ambassador about the, the Black Lives Matter movement to well, people who didn't live there. Not an ambassador. An ambassador no, to the Black I Lives just Matter mean, movement. Let's not call ourselves that. <sighs> I just mean, I had to explain to lots of people that, like, the way it's covered in the newspapers is ridiculous. I often tell people that, like, Ferguson is not a terrible place. They weren't rioting. There weren't any riots. They were non-violently protesting. And the people that were doing the, people that, like, broke windows and stuff were not the people from Ferguson. Why would you break the window in the shop that you fucking shop at? Yeah. It was people that came from outside and took advantage of the situation, which is always what happens. And the police themselves. And the police themselves... Whose streets are streets? Say the, stri- yeah, the police started saying. Yeah, say the saying. police. Like, fucking freaks. Yeah, anyway. Bunch of crazy psychos. Anyway, whatever. Moved from one militarized zone to another. Basically. Yeah. With our white privilege, we are able to yeah. move and live wherever we want within the context of the United States. And I would like to use that unfortunate platform to inform all of my fellow white people that people of color are amazing contributors to our culture and our society and our experience and they're not dangerous and just don't believe any of the horrible lies that you are hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think that if people are listening to this podcast, then they probably don't need to hear that. But maybe they do. But maybe. Who knows? I mean... You're taking a really exciting class on that. I am right now. taking a class on that right now. It's really cool. Anyway, I'm very into it. So that's uh, news and updates. We're actually gonna do what's our next segment? Uh, the feature. The future. The feature. The feature. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. So we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be starting a historical. Yeah, we might have more than series. More than one. Yeah, yeah we might have more than one. There's because there's another one that I that we. I'll look back on really the history today. of survivors. Yeah. And we thought, who better to begin with than the first documented survivor of child abuse the first in 
the United States of America. The first legally... The first legally... Like, the first one that was put through the legal system, basically. Yeah. The beginning... The genesis of the child protection... The, fir- the first Child children's time, rights movement in America. Yeah. The genesis of the children's rights movement. Mm-hmm. Mary Ellen Wilson. Yay! Yay! Good job, Mary! Good job for surviving. <laughs> little, Excellent work. Little Mary Ellen. There's songs written about her. Paving they, the way. The sheet music is in the back of this book I checked out from the library. Anyway, Oliver did all the research for this case. Good job, pressure. Oliver. <laughs> uh, hat and tip, Oliver's going to tell us about Hat tip to um, Tumblr where I got it from. I am really angry, actually, about... I can't cite my source of where I found out about this from because... I can't find the post anymore because Tumblr's new community guidelines mean that I can't search for things like porn, but also things like abuse. Yeah, it's funny how that works. But I knew that that was going to go hand in hand with that. Mm -hmm. Silencing of all types is bad. Yeah. Anyway, I learned about it on Tumblr, looked it up on Wikipedia, checked out a book. Mary Ellen Wilson was born in uh, 1864. Um, What's the... Maybe cite your sources. Well, oh, okay. Like well, your the, book. The book that I read... We actually obviously, we had to go deep for this one and actually read a book. Yeah. Because <laughs> of history. Because history. I wanted some primary sources and I got them. A book is not a primary source. No, but, but there's it has primary, primary sources, sources in it. In it. Um, it has contemporaneous uh, newspaper articles too, which is really cool. Um, the book is called "The Mary Ellen Wilson Child Abuse Case and the Beginning of Children's Rights in Nineteenth-Century America." It is by Eric A. Shulman and Stephen Lazarus. It has like three introductions by the founding members of the or people talking about the founding members of the ASPCA which was very the animal the association what does ASPCA stand for? American Society for the Protection Prevention of Cruelty to Animals? Yes. Yes. That that society which and the New York Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children which were both related to this case because actually animal rights and prevention of animal abuse was started first before prevention of child abuse crazy and it was animal abuse language and activism that was invoked in order to protect this particular child totally insane i never thought that I didn't. I always thought I animal know. protection came after child protection. I just, I'm enjoying but... your deadpan reenactment of the first time <laughs> that you heard this. This is not You're surprising. You're very, very clearly reenacting. I was really surprised when I found out about it. Yeah, no, it's appalling. I was, it's really I was, kind of I, upsetting. I like put my phone down. I said, Bailey. It makes a lot of sense. Though. It does. It's... They actually thought Wait, about so including. So the ASPCA was founded when? In the eighteen, like sixties, in it was the eighteen sixties, sixties or seventies, it was post Civil War. And this case War. was when, so it was antebellum. No, post Civil War. I thought Pre- antebellum post- was. After. Antony's before. Is antebellum before? Yeah. 
Antebellum mm-hmm. South is like uh, the first part of Gone with the Wind. Is it? And then there's the war, and then it's the post-war. Is that true? Yeah. Is that true? What's the post-war? I... Is it just called the post-war period? I guess you could call it post-bellum. Post-bellum. Bellum is war. Oh. That's why that. Bellatrix is um, means warrior. It also means beautiful, but it depends on which language you're basing the root on, because it's Greek and Latin. Anyway, so wait. When was this? When did the Mary Ellen case happen? It happened in 1873 or 4. So, ASPCA founded in 1860s. 60s or 70s. By Henry Berg. He was inspired by the Royal, the RSPCA, the British version. Okay. But also because he was in Russia, he was a rich guy, he was in Russia one time, and he saw somebody beating their horse, and he was like, he told his coachman to tell the guy to stop, and the guy stopped, and he was like, oh, I can do good in the world. Before that, he was kind of like a party boy. He was a rich party boy. And then he was like, I care about animals. I'm going to keep people from being abusing animals. And he was very unpopular for it, but also very popular. I don't know. like pe- Interesting. A polarizing figure. Weird. And then... This missionary was heard about this child who was being horribly abused, and she really, she tried, there were charities, there were places that, uh, like, sort of unwanted children could go, there were places where children who were on the streets could go, like, there were charities that did things about this kind of thing, and they had police, too, that would interfere in certain situations if, like, a child was being harmed by someone outside their family. But she was being harmed by someone who was her legal guardian, and she was never allowed out of her house. And this missionary heard about her, and she was like, this is terrible. I have to figure out how to save this girl. And so she, like, went to all of these charities, and she went to the police, and they were like, it's dangerous to interfere between a parent and a child, because parents are the best caretakers of their children, proverbially. And she was like, well, obviously not in this case. (laughs) Yeah. And she finally was like, well, a child has as many rights as an animal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go to this guy who is, like, campaigning for animal rights. And she did, and she was like, she kind of felt like he was laughing at her when she took the case to him. Not laughing at her exactly, but, like, laughing that this was, like, the place that she took the case. But he took it very seriously, he had to be very strategic about it because they didn't have any like evidence other than what she'd seen. So he sent a guy to pretend to be a census taker to the tenement house that she lived in because she's really poor and so was her family. And they uh, assessed the census taker, the person pretending to be a census taker assessed her physical state and she had just that morning been like struck with a pair of kitchen scissors, kitchen shears across the face she had no clothes basically she had like like a, a like night a dress, dress basically a tattered dress so you could see her she had no socks or shoes it was like january in it new was, york yeah she so she was just like an abuse yeah survivor she slept on a little rug by the window with a thin blanket over her oh god yeah well, um that's nice yeah so the census, the guy yeah. pretending to be a census taker reported on her 
and she'd also been whipped a lot by and she had a lot of bruises and lacerations from that like just her whole life the scissors were the the a, a thing that was particularly memorable though um but yeah she it's nice to know that the police have never cared and have always been like oh that's their family yeah no they're all they've always been the same it was really yeah. interesting um that they were exactly the same yeah it's like but they did they did well, they what, it's not confirmed even, her condition and then went to go arrest ago that they said that they couldn't legally interfere at all in this case not even 200 years ago i yeah i couldn't believe how recent it was like that's insane like that's like i don't know it really kind of makes me understand why my grandpa donald was locked in a chicken coop his whole childhood like, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like out with the chickens i was always like what the fuck like how is that a thing that happened for a long time but... children were considered property of their parents yeah i mean they still are but it's just crazy much more to explicitly think... though it's just crazy to think how like Not a lot child abuse is such a new way of looking at the world you know to think that children are capable of being abused at least in america and the west yeah i don't know how i mean our world you know yeah the world the world that we're all trapped in yeah for better or worse so they took mary ellen they arrested they they performed an arrest they they got they took her into custody they took her into court um they took a photograph of her which became very famous um she gave a, her deposition, which was released in like all the newspapers and was part of what was so compelling about her case. Oh, I guess we should say Mary Ellen Wilson. Wilson is a little white girl. Oh obviously. yeah, she is a little white girl. But um, she has a thing that, oh, God. My, here it is. She said- Still can't get him to care about little black girls. No, actually, I was reading something else uh, when I was looking for this book about um, the evolution of uh, statutory rape laws Ugh. that uh, I can go into that some other time. It's a it's <laughs> long, long, sad story. That'll be another The History of actually, Survivor that's culture. a really good one, and we should talk about that, but it's it really, a whole episode. Before we talked about this, just like a brief break from talking about the actual case before we talked about this i never really thought about like the way that the whole idea of like survivor culture and like being a survivor or the notion that like abuse is bad was like a recent kind of way of thinking oh yeah it was developed by survivors you know like it, there was no like you sort of think of like crimes as being I don't know. I could never understand why, like, some crimes were taken more seriously. Why it was taken more seriously if a stranger beat you than if your dad beat you. But, like... It's because you weren't that stranger's property. Yeah, it really is about, like, people being things. Yeah. You know? Which really just fucking brings it home to, like, how it's about colonialism and it's about slavery and, like, how much harder it is to be a woman and how much harder it is to be a woman of color and like the layers of property there and like how like 
that's the real how like recent and like, painstaking any being like a literal yeah, object exactly a like a piece of property yeah how like recent and painstaking and like hard earned are any advances we have at all in terms of like being all treated as like people and not being treated as objects or property yeah that's you know? pretty new i mean and it's not it hasn't really taken as much of a firm foothold as i would like yeah i in mean in our popular imagination i mean look at the whole pe- the whole pedophile thing that's happening right now is like <laughs> yeah i mean for a long time pedophiles were just like i don't know it wasn't even a crime you didn't have a name for it you didn't call pe- a person it a was pedophile. just fine it was just like that was a thing it was, that was just okay a to thing do. that was fine like it's in the art world all the time is like you know there's lot there's lots of pedophiles in the art world and there's lots of paintings of like young women who were like then can't you just appreciate it then for its, raped by for its the art? yeah yeah i've had a lot of um arguments with people about certain like gauguin is a famous painter who gauguin's bathers is like a famous series of paintings where he he's a french dude who went to the americas i don't know where he was exactly I thought he was in South America somewhere, but I don't know where. He was somewhere in South America, but I don't know exactly where he was. Um, I don't know much about Gauguin. But there were, like, yeah. I don't... I can't remember. But he, like, uh, was really into um, young native girls. Yeah. And he painted them a lot, and then he had sex with them a lot. And I would call that rape. I would call him a pedophile. But, my God, the severity of the responses that I have gotten to that... Like, saying that I'm, like, so many people have accused me of, like, trying to, um, be, like, censorship or something. Like, I'm censoring people. And it's, like, I'm not trying to censor art. I just think that I should be allowed to not like depictions of seven-year-old girls that I know that that painter then raped. Like... Yeah. I should be allowed to not like that and not want to engage with that work. Sorry, that was a random little thing. Some people have gotten really personal and really nasty with me in the art world about this specific issue. But it's because of this sort of worldview of viewing children as objects. Yeah, exactly. And children as being, like, and about colonialism and stuff, like, it's like they were these ob- these girls that Gauguin painted they were not just objects they were like they, super, he, they didn't really they were super objects they didn't really belong to even their parents because their, their parents, parents were objects too to... their their parents were objects that belonged yeah. to the european powers that were colonizing the americas at the time yeah. so he could do whatever he wanted with them yeah he was just painting still lifes yeah oh god basically yeah Jesus. That's what it is when they're like, what about the art? Yeah. It's like he painted, like, as though it was as value neutral as, as though he painted a pair. That's true. That's true. That It's like, it's like. If you're saying just what about the art, you're saying that they are objects, that they didn't matter, that they didn't have, they weren't human beings. They're like, so people will be like, art for art's sake. And I'm like, that's not what that fucking means. Like, that's not what that means, that we have to like, I don't know. It's just really annoying. I don't know. I just, I can't believe that people 
I mean, it just is really illustrative of like our political, social, and cultural struggle that we're all sort of in the middle of right now. That like, uh, like Henry Darger is like reviled, but people like Gauguin or like art world genius. Well, you you can't be a man and talk about your own sexual abuse. Yeah. If you because start doing Henry that, Darger was very clearly a survivor, and I think probably not a man. Maybe we don't know for sure. Henry Darger His is gender, a, their gender identity is unclear. Henry Darger is a very famous folk artist, American folk artist, who made a very controversial. Well, he wrote the longest novel in the like no novel in the history of the human race. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it is it's technically like fifteen volumes long. Like in terms of just like word and like the three amount volumes of words. are just illustrations. Yeah, and he illustrated it all. Anyway, it's you should look him up. But they're kind of survivors. Uh hashtag triggering though. Yeah. It's there's a lot of scene like depictions of like like very graphic depictions of child torture. Henry Darger, maybe we'll have, we'll we just should have do a whole a Henry episode. Darger episode. We'll have a yeah. Henry Darger episode and we'll go into it. Then um, we can have another episode. His about... novel was called like something, something. In the realms of the unreal. In the realms of the unreal. The Vivian girls. The, the child slave rebellion led by the Vivian girls. That's the girls thing about it though. They were, there's, there's scenes this... of graphic torture of children, but they were yeah. working on their own liberation. It's this sort which of. Which is beautiful. When was Henry Darger? 1920 maybe 1920s no i think hold on wikipedia i think he was born earlier i mean he might have been like right in the midst of this whole thing of like children having rights and stuff henry darcher which would give you like a different perspective on his work again was born in 1892 1892 wow he's born the he was died the day after his birthday yeah he was like 1892. He's 81 years old. So what is that? Like 40 years after this case? Yeah. Jesus. She was... Mary Ellen Wilson died in like the 50s or something. She... The 1950s. 1950s, yeah. She she died old. Also, I want to say we were going to get into like the nitty gritty of her case and stuff, but I want to say Mary Ellen Wilson... Uh, was removed from her abusive family. She was in a couple of shelters, but then she was placed with the the sister of the missionary who was like campaigning for her. And she grew up and she got married and she had two daughters and then she adopted a third child. And some of the pictures that are in the book that I have, some of the documents and the pictures and stuff are only there because of the permission of her granddaughter. She had a family, and she raised them with love. She was given... She raised her children she with was, love. Like, she probably I don't wouldn't know. have survived. She's really beautiful. She probably wouldn't have survived her childhood. I don't know? think she would have. She, was she was given wearing, a life, like, a thin, tattered dress in the choice. middle of January, yeah, and she was being beaten every day. She was covered with scars. She didn't have any, hardly any food to eat, I don't think. I don't yeah. know. She was given, like, table scraps or something, right? I, it doesn't go into detail about that particular stuff, but she was skinny. Anyway, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I wanted to mention, I, I don't know if this is the right 
point. Let's see. I talked about the trial. Oh, there's some interesting stuff about... I was about to read her deposition. That's what it was. The most primary of primary documents, I guess. I don't know. She did probably didn't say it all in one uh, line like this, but uh, this is what was printed in some newspapers and like what was what really caught me. Um, this is Mary Ellen Wilson's deposition to the judge. The judge in her child abuse case. Yeah, she was probably alone, like or not alone, but like she was probably not in the courtroom at the time. She was probably with like her advocates and the judge, and maybe uh, some sort of prosecutor or defense attorney. Uh, but and she was probably asked a series of questions that were then all lined up end on end. But that's the way that it's quoted is as like a speech, mm-hmm. a soliloquy kind of a thing. My father and mother are both dead. I don't know how old I am. I have no recollection recollection of a time when I did not live with the Connollys. The Connollys were the family that was abusing her. Mama has been in the habit of whipping and beating me almost every day. She used to whip me with a twisted whip, a rawhide. The whip always left a black and blue mark on my body. I have now the black and blue marks on my head, which were made by Mama, and also a cut on the left side of my forehead, which was made by a pair of scissors. She struck me with the scissors and cut me. I have no recollection of ever having been kissed by anyone, have never been kissed by Mama. I have never been taken on my Mama's lap and caressed or petted. I never dared to speak to anybody, because if I did, I would get whipped. I do not know for what I was whipped. Mama never said anything to me when she whipped me. I do not want to go back to live with Mama because she beats me so. I have no recollection ever being on the street in my life. Also, her guardian, um, Mrs. Connolly, Mary Connolly, I think, mm. who was formerly Mary something else, Mary Wilson, I think. So many Marys in the 1850s. There's a lot of Mary Marys has, like, in the this most case. Popular name. It's so common. So this is Mary Ellen, who's the child. So she's never called Mary. She's always called Mary Ellen because there's so there's many so fucking many Marys. Marys. There's so many Marys. There's a lot of Marys. Um, she was sentenced to jail for one year, her uh, guardian. Wow. And that year, the New York Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children was founded, the first organization of its kind. What year was that? Uh, 1874. 1874. Oh, yeah, it does say insufficient food. Yeah. Yeah. Being frequently left... Okay, this is... The deliberate cruelties and deprivations inflicted upon Mary Ellen Wilson by her adopted parents, including the following. Regular and severe beatings. Insufficient food. Being forced to sleep on the floor. Having no warm clothes to wear in cold weather. Being frequently left alone inside a darkened locked room. Being forbidden to go outdoors except at night in her own yard. She's a prisoner. Oh, yeah, that's one of the other interesting things about oh, the case yeah. is that the reason they were able to, the the lawyer for the guy who was doing the prevention of cruelty to animals, who's a really good lawyer, um, mm-hmm. Elbridge Jerry, uh, grandson of the guy that Jerry Mandrake is named after, funnily enough, he, uh, uh, wrote up a writ of he submitted like a writ of habeas corpus which is like used to prevent people from being arrested without charges for too long like they can't be held you can't be held without charges mm-hmm. being made against brought against you 
but also in this case, we're being holding another person prisoner unlawfully. Yeah. Like just citizens unlawful doing this. Yeah. Unlawful imprisonment of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. And they said they submitted that, and it worked because that's what they had to charge her with was unlawful imprisonment. Because the abuse wasn't enough. Like there was no law yeah. against that. Which is kind of like an episode of Law and Order SVU, where it's about this girl that was being like stalked and raped by the serial rapist, and then she was like hiding in her house, and it was really gay, and it was one of the episodes where, um, like, Mariska Tomei. Hardigay? Hardigay, yeah. Mariska. Hargitay or Hardigay? Hargitay. I don't remember how name, her name is. Yeah. Uh, she, like. Olivia Benson. Olivia Benson. Special. Spe- Special Agent Detec- Olivia Benson. Detective Olivia Benson. Special Agent Olivia. Dana Scully. Special Agent Dana Scully. Detective Olivia Benson. Detective Olivia Benson. The best, the best fem slash in the world. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Oh God. Them to together. Oh, <laughs> I've got chills. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Olivia Benson like tells this girl, she's like, "I'll live with you." every day for the rest of your life if I have to to protect you from this guy raping you again if you testify against him. Oh. And it was really sexy. And then later she gets, they get him um, because he kept her tied up in her apartment for three days. And like, they weren't going to get him because the rape charges had like passed the statute of limitations. Yeah, passed the statute of limitations, but there's no statute of limitations on kidnapping. And Olivia was like, you were held against your will. We can get him on the kidnapping charges. And then they did. That's great. Yeah. After he, like, tries to almost kills her a bunch of times. I remember, I've never forgotten the one that you, I never really watched SVU much, but I never forgotten the one that you told me about that was about um, marital rape. Oh, yeah. And oh, how. I love SVU. She, at the end of the episode, the wife drops the case and gets back together with her husband yeah. and the prosecutor is like this is great yeah the prosecutor's like and like Olivia Vinton is like how can you say that how can you say this is great and she's, and she's like this like, is the furthest prosecuting marital rape has ever gotten in the state of New York like this yeah. was a great step forward legally and Olivia's like oh and then she's really sad but that brings us back to Mary Ellen Wilson I just want to say briefly that survivor tip People my whole life have been telling me it's too depressing to talk about, like, child abuse, and it's too triggering, blah fucking blah but Law & Order SVU is one of the longest-running and most popular television shows yeah. on cable, and it is literally only about child sexual abuse. Or sexual abuse, so or it's rape. SVU, it is Special Victims Unit, and yeah. it is the most popular one, and it always has been. It's wildly popular. So whenever anybody's like, people just don't want to hear about that, it's uncomfortable, just look. That's not it's true. It's just not true. It's just not true, so don't listen to it. It's just inconvenient for them to hear it in certain... I love how formulaic political... a TV show it is, yeah. too. It's so... Anyway, back to Mary anyway. Ellen Wilson. Uh, it's actually that's actually sort of relevant in terms of setting legal precedent because actually Mary Ellen Wilson was not the first, Mm-mm-mm. not the first case of child abuse in America, not even the first case of child abuse presented to Henry Berg, who founded the ASPCA. Mm-hmm. There was another one, a young girl being horribly beaten by her parents, and they, I think, in this case, they were her biological, biological parents, parents. Um, 
and they were beating her um and they used a writ of habeas corpus to remove her from the home and her name was emma emily thompson sorry guys the page noises you're hearing are all of our Flipping through a book called I The Mary Ellen it. Wilson Child Abuse Case in the Beginning of the Children's Rights in the 19th Century America by... I cited it. Did Eric you? A. Shellman and uh. Stephen Lazarus. I was like, it's got three introductions. Oh, wait, that might have been another try. Oh, man, I'm so mad. I can't remember where... Blackburn. This is a different one. Fine. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. I will it matters. in the show Everybody's notes. names matter. I think her name was Emily Thompson. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. For real this time. Oliver's not going to forget to put it in the show notes. Emily Thompson, Emily Thompson. Because we care about people's names around here. It's like Fight Club, you know? Say, say, uh, what did His they say? Name His was name Robert was Robert Paulson. Paulson. In death, we have names. <laughs> so, she was the first case. They submitted a writ of habeas corpus to remove her from her home. And then she refused to testify against her mother in court. She said that her mother had never beat her and denied everything. Mm. Eventually, though, actually, no, it wasn't her real mother. It was an adopted mother again in this case, too. I feel like that was a lot there's a lot of that going around um yeah i think a lot of people's parents died in the 1850s and there was no foster care system yeah. of any kind and this was only a few state, years before was Mary there Ellen any Wilson's state adoptive agencies kind of at all there was but it was sort of like the state prison the state insane asylum the state um yeah like the poorhouse. yeah yeah cool Anyway, um, they're all on the same island on the, within a strip of... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it does matter. Moving on. That's what we're talking about. It's just a verbal take that I have. Or a verbal a thing that I say to say moving on. Moving on. on. Moving on. Uh, she uh, was actually also removed from her home eventually successfully too because her foster mother or adoptive mother had claimed that her grandmother was dead and there was no one to take care of her except her. And then she denied, she also, the girl denied that her mother had ever beaten her. Yeah. Um, but then it got publicized in the paper so much that her actual grandmother, who her foster, her stepmother had said was dead, mm -hmm. came forward and was like, hi, I'm alive actually, and this is not okay, but still couldn't take her away. She made her promise to stop abusing her. Um... Uh, like she said you can stay, keep her on the condition that you stop abusing her and that didn't work out and then she went to live with her grandmother well that's nice so she did eventually leave it just wasn't solved like legally which is why she's not considered the first child abuse case in America interesting because like they didn't solve it legally they solved it outside the courts mm -hmm. which had happened presumably a lot like or at least some but that's not a way to enact systemic change. I guess... I don't know. There's a lot of, like, famous missing children cases from this time that are, like... Uh, uh, I don't know. 
anybody that overlaps between our podcast and other true crime podcasts will know the case of the kid that the mother lost the kid and then the police brought her a different kid. This happened a few times. The police brought her a different kid and was like, this is your child. And the mother was like, that's not my child. And the police were like, no, it is. It is. And she was like, nah, it's not. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that happened a few times. That happened in the chicken, the horrible, oh God, the horrible chicken ranch thing. Oh God. We talk. We can talk about that one. That can be another one. Okay. The chicken farm one is really upsetting. And then it happened in this other one where they took this kid away from like a traveling snake oil salesman or something, mm. and they thought that he had abducted the kid. But then, and they raised the kid. This is really no names. This is not helpful. Anyway, they raised the kid, and then eventually he took a DNA test as an adult, and he's not related to anybody in his family. So it wasn't him. He was, like, taken away from this guy who wasn't his family. His mother had given him to this guy to take care of, and then the police arrested him because this woman had, like, lost her son. But they never found her son, and they brought her this other kid instead, who she raised as her son, but it turned out he wasn't. I mean, he was now. He is now. I mean, she bi- like, him. biologically, yeah. you know. And it's, like, probably he had a much better life. Which I think it's also, like, kind of a weird, seems to be a weird theme in a lot of these, like, early, like, 1800s kind of child, missing children cases of, like, well, you lost your kid, but here's another one that's very similar. <laughs> I mean, if children are objects, you might as well. Like, if <laughs> right? it's like if it's like an iPod, it's like, if I give you just a replacement iPod, that's fine. But then, like... You lost that, your iPod? In oh. that chicken farm case, like, Angelina Jolie played that woman in a weird cinematic remake that was not very good. Really? Yeah. It was like, uh... Alien? Or, what was that movie called? Fake? Replacement? Uh-huh. Where the kid is like a fake, not her kid. Uh-huh. Anyway, there was this guy in California... Yes who like ran a chicken ranch but he was like a like a pedophile like a violent pedophile serial killer and he would just pick little boys up and rape and murder them and then bury them on the chicken farm he'd ask them if they wanted jobs on the chicken farm and they'd be like sure and then he'd just kill them yeah similar to that pig farm guy where he like murdered a bunch of people this is like a really long digression never mind our true crime listeners know all the cases we're talking about, though. <laughs> the chicken ranch guy is famous. The pig farm guy is famous. He's actually up in Canada, I think. You guys should see my face, though, as, I, as, she, as they continue telling these stories. It's like, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't never go to someone's farm with them is kind of the moral. Because they can kill you, and they have a lot of room to bury your body. I'm glad Bailey likes true crime because otherwise I would never, I wouldn't know anything. I can't listen to that stuff. I love true crime. It's so difficult. All the true crime. It's, I just like feel all the true crime. Really nauseous and like have when to they stop. caught the fucking the guy, the Golden State Killer. Oh, yeah, that I was had this very whole exciting. I had this whole complicated theory about how my dad could possibly have been the Golden State Killer, yeah. which didn't like everybody have a theory that their abusive parent was the Golden State Killer. Like low probably key. a lot. I feel like a lot of people. There's a famous guy that wrote a book about how his abusive dad was the Golden State Killer. 
Oh, really? Like, he had this whole book that he wrote about it. Mm. Yeah. It's, like, a really common... I think it's a common thing that people are like, you're a massive serial killer and everyone hates you? You're my parent. Because, like, then they'll finally get the validation yeah. of, like, everyone hating them for doing the horrible things they did to children. Oh, man. Now I, like... It's very cathartic to think that, I like... I make a, a movie about... Uh, uh, starring my dad as a serial killer, like someone who's very similar to my dad. Yeah. Now I want to do that. I feel like a lot of serial killer movies are just people being like, this is a serial killer that everyone hated. I'm just going to make that person my my father. Because I hate him. And everyone should hate him. I read a... I'll tell you about it later. This is a more digression. Anyway. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed, listeners. Survivors. Uh, what are we... Do you, too, want to work out your trauma is yeah, your trauma oh yeah it's true to email tell us what serial killer you think your abusive dad is or or parent or abuser in general yeah yeah, yeah. doesn't have to be a parent yeah it could be somebody else exactly write it send us your spec scripts who's your favorite serial killer to imagine your abuser as being so that the whole world finally understands the horrible things that you had to endure God, my dad would make such a good serial killer. Because you were exactly <laughs> that is the point. That's the point. God, a lot of times, he'd be so creepy. A lot of times, the That's ways why that, that movie serial that I killers are watch like was so creepy. A lot of times, the ways serial killers like torture their victims are similar to the ways that abusers torture their victims. It's just they don't kill you at the end, right? So I don't know. They could have eventually. They could have eventually. Yeah. I mean, my dad used to tell me he was going to kill me every day, and it's like my dad just can we had have murder in his eyes. So like the revulsion that we feel for like serial killers, can we like? kind of put that towards abusers abusers who also torture their victims but we also think serial killers are kind of sexy in our culture that's weird in a weird way yeah Hannibal Lecter I mean I mean at least he's polite but Hannibal Lecter is like mostly sexy because of Anthony Hopkins Anthony Hopkins which is so weird being weirdly he's so weird like a weird sexy old man his whole life even when he was young he was still like a sexy old man he's got those and you're just like, wise. how is he sexy? He's, he's like, not. he's like old. He, he's bald. He's short. He's I don't got know. A scratchy ghost voice. He has a weird voice. He does. He's not particularly attractive in any way. He just has something. He has a magnetism. He's just really sexy. I hope we don't find out that he's like a pedophile. Something terrible, you know. I feel like we would know by now. Maybe. Maybe there would have been a whiff of something, right? Our. Hopefully. Let's talk about this horrible historical child abuse case. Is um, it over? Yeah, it is over. She grew <laughs> up. Done? She got married. She grew up with the the sister of the missionary who helped her get out, and she got married. She had three three kids. One of them adopted. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Um. She's a folk hero. My hero. She's my hero. Mary Ellen Wilson. Mary Ellen Wilson. My hero. Thank you, Mary Ellen Wilson. She kickstarted the whole children's rights movement in America. In the 1850s. 70s. 70s. Yeah. Not that long ago. Join us next time for Survivor History, where I will go on a very long, very rambling... (laughs) Very confusing thing about Henry Darger. Yeah. And oh why God, he matters and why I don't think he is a pedophile, even though a lot of people think he is a pedophile. 
but I am an expert on pedophiles. I spent 20 years of my life living with a pedophile. Yeah. People should fucking come to me and be like, Bailey, tell us about the pedophiles. Because <laughs> I know about the pedophiles. And I don't think Henry Darge was a pedophile. I think he was sexually abused as a I child. Know. I think he was a survivor who was restructuring his trauma, but we will discuss it on the next episode. Oh. Survivor team, team go. go! History! Survivor History Day. Year. Year. Non-contemporary survivors. Survivor tips. And on to Survivor tips. That's our next segment. Thanks. I already gave a Survivor tip. What was your Survivor tip? I don't remember. Oh, imagine your abuser is a serial killer. Um, <laughs> don't go, don't accept... <laughs> A job on a chicken farm. Oh, right. Don't accept. Never go with someone to their farm. That is my official my official survivor tip. Never go with someone to their farm. My survivor tip is that if you are an abused child in the 1870s, you should befriend a sweet, middle-aged, white missionary woman with rich friends. I mean, I think that holds true to today. I think that does hold true I today. Think, That's I kind think, of the point. <laughs> I think befriending sweet, sweet middle-aged white women who have rich friends who have rich friends is a very good strategy. Is a good strategy in life in general because <laughs> they have a lot more power than you might think that they have. Wealthy white women. I say this to both not wealthy white women and wealthy white women. You have more power than you think you have. Please use it please, wisely. Please <laughs> compassionately. Come, to, come to the side of intersectionality. We can't end rape culture without re- ending racism. They've been intrinsically linked. Anyway, you should, bef- if you if you can, bef- try to befriend a wealthy, or a, try to befriend, befriend a sweet white woman who has wealthy friends. If you, Especially if you need legal help of some kind in getting out of your situation. Don't befriend somebody that's actually a dick, though, who pretends to be sweet. Because a lot of wealthy white women will pretend to be not oh, sweet, yeah. but actually they're secretly evil. Yeah, that's true. This is snake pit. You want to get an ally in them, not just a friend. I do feel like white women get blamed for a lot of things, though, that are actually men's fault, because they're easier targets. Yeah. Because people just think that, oh, well, white men are monsters. You can't feel the better sense of compassion or sympathy at all. Well. You gotta blame the women who yeah, have, have a leash on them or whatever. Who, yeah. Um, whatever. yeah. Anyway. anyway, so. But then our next What's section, your survivor tip? Oh, my real survivor tip? Oh, wait. That no, was you a, gave one. That was a survivor Never mind. tip. It was a I real forgot, survivor tip. I forgot what we were talking about. We just. I got lost. Should lost, talk about white privilege. Lost track of myself. Um. Our email address is survivorteamgo at gmail.com. Please email us. It is survivorteamgo at gmail.com. No spaces. Email us your survivor story. Email us what serial killer you imagine your abuser may be. Email us to say hi. Email us pictures of your cats. Email us to tell us that you're listening so we don't stop making this podcast. (laughs) Email us pictures of your cats. Email us anything. Check out our Facebook page, Survivor Team Go. Just indicate that you want us to keep making the podcast in some way. We we really love you guys. We are here to support our community. How do you promote a podcast? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's hard to promote a podcast without money. Yeah. You know? Whatever. Chewy and pancake. It's also friends. hard because a lot of the people that I've been like, have you listened to my podcast? They're like, oh, I started to listen to one episode and then I stopped. And I'm like, oh, sorry. It's, sorry nobody likes our podcast about abuse. It's hard for abuse survivors to listen to it because it's triggering. It's hard for people who are not abuse survivors to listen to it because it's so upsetting. The only people who want to listen to it are people who are like activists. Basically, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know. know. I don't know do. who wants to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Who's our um, audience? Our what? audience is us. Like, we re-listen to the episodes. And, and we're like, like, yeah. I mean, I re-listen yeah. to these episodes, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good. I said that. That was an important thing to say. Which is very, um, you know, just making yourself feel better. I mean, that's important. But that's important. We are survivors, and we, we are, are helping survivors, ourselves. And we are making a community for us, and we would like you to be part of it. But if that's too scary for you, I understand. Yeah. I've been trying to make a community for survivors for a long time, and yeah. a lot of the most of the survivors I've encountered did not want to be part of it. Yeah. But I'm still here, arms open, just like come to the community whenever you're ready. Yeah. Well, I feel like this was a a good episode we had a good energy and we talked about some interesting stuff it is time for our outro listeners survivors survivors they're not listeners they're survivors they're survivors listening survivors 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 there's a word for them and in the immortal words of audrey lord your silence, silence will, will not protect, protect you. you you guys your silence will not protect you that is the point yeah. You can keep it a secret from everyone your whole life. It's not going to make you feel any better. I promise you it won't help. I tried that. Email us at SurvivorTeamGo at gmail.com. SurvivorTeamGo at gmail.com. SurvivorTeamGo at gmail.com. We love you. SurvivorTeamGo at gmail.com. S-U-R-V-I-V-O-R-T-E-A-M-G-O. At gmail.com. SurvivorTeamGo. Go. No spaces. Nothing. Just Survivor Team Go at gmail.com. Send us a fucking email. <laughs> Somebody, please tell us your Survivor story so we can share it. Or not share or it. Or not share it. Just, just t- like say, say hi. Just say, don't share my Survivor story. But, but here it is. Here it is. And we won't share it. And we won't share it. But we'll read it. And we'll support or it. Or you could tell us, like, who's a Survivor you want to see featured? Who's like, exactly. Who have you been being like, Oh my god, Are you, you have like, to talk about this person. You have to talk about person. this person. We will do the research. We will talk about that person we for will, you. We will, 100% we will. Are you I would like love that. are you like I'm listening to this podcast and I don't think I've survived anything ever in my whole life. Never. I've never survived anything. Nothing bad has ever happened to me and you just keep telling yourself that over and over. But you think of somebody else? That sounds great. Send us their story. And yeah. then when you're ready to send us your story, we'll be here for that too. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.